Good morning. I'm Arlie Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily update for January 27th, 2022. Well, it's clear now more than ever before that the current U.S. war policy is made in London. We saw Blinken yesterday announce that the U.S. has released a written response to Russia, uh, which was requested in particular by President Putin, but also by Foreign Minister Lavrov when he met with Blinken, that the U.S. respond in writing to the Russian request for these two treaty uh, proposals, that there be no forward expansion of NATO, no inclusion of Ukraine in NATO, no offensive weapons deployed on Ukrainian soil. Uh, Blinken announced that the U.S. has responded to that, but the response will not be made public, uh, unless, of course, it's leaked to the Washington Post. Now, in his press conference, Blinken, of course, went through the usual litany of charges against Russia, that it's Russia that's provoked the crisis, Russia is the aggressor, Russia has invaded Ukraine, which is not true. Uh, and he said that Russia will face steep consequences should they choose further aggression. Now, his proposal from the U.S. side was that what the U.S. is doing is merely deterrence. The, the U.S. militarization in Eastern Europe is to deter the Russians from charging forward into Europe. Uh, what's involved in this is deploying troops, weapons, military exercises. This is deterrence, according to Blinken. Uh, he said that the 8,500 U.S. troops who are being put on heightened readiness to deploy are designed to harden the Allies' eastern flank. And he announced that there are more weapons that are going into Ukraine. Now, what he's basically saying is we're preparing for war to keep the peace. Uh, but this is not in the interest of the United States. What purpose would the U.S. have of provoking a Russian invasion into Ukraine? Why would that be a policy that the U.S. would adopt? This goes back to the traditional British geopolitics of carving out a space for British imperial interests as far east as it can go and breaking up the potential of any kind of unified policy, especially economic policy, between Europe and Asia. The idea of Eurasian integration is a threat to the British imperial doctrine. And this has been the case since it was pronounced in the late 1890s and codified in the geopolitical doctrine of Halford Mackinder, which said that whoever controls the Eurasian heartland controls the world island and controls the world. And for the British, this is unacceptable. Now, for the United States, we allied ourselves with Russia in World War I and in World War II. Uh, the United States has a historically good relationship with Russia. Uh, the idea of the Cold War, uh, that the Soviet communism had to be stopped, well, that was successful. At the end of the Cold War, the war hawks in the West, led by the city of London, essentially said that Russia must be humiliated. Russia must never have uh, a power to threaten Europe again. Now, essentially, what has this meant in terms of U.S. policy? 
Why is it that Putin wants legally binding security guarantees? What is it that the Russians are concerned about? Well, since 1990, when Germany was reunified, the Russians agreed to accept that peacefully, and the U.S. promised, not in writing, but promised in several occasions, no eastward expansion of NATO. Now, NATO has expanded close to 700 miles more eastward, brought in many, many new members. For what? To contain Russia. Now, what else has the U.S. done since 1990? And, and in this case, as you'll see, every single one of these occasions, there was a British instigation behind it. For example, January 1991, Desert Storm. The uh, pretext was that Iraq uh, invaded Kuwait. There were all kinds of stories invented about this. But most importantly was the statement from British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher that she had to stiffen George Herbert Walker Bush's spine to get the U.S. to intervene in Iraq. This was very directly Thatcher coming to Washington, D.C. to meet with Bush to tell him why he had to intervene. Uh, then in March 1999, the U.S. and NATO bombed Yugoslavia. This was a war inside Europe. This was not about Russia. This was about NATO. And when the U.S. says you can't change boundaries, well, NATO changed all the boundaries in the former Yugoslavia. Now, October 2001, U.S. and NATO invaded Afghanistan. The trigger for this was the government of the Taliban supposedly allowing terrorists to operate out of Afghanistan that brought down the World Trade Center and attacked the Pentagon. But the real issue is the Afghan war was an outgrowth of an operation by a British geopolitician who was an American, but who was working out of British working papers, namely Zbigniew Brzezinski, who carried out a plan to lure the Soviets into Afghanistan in 1979 and used that as an opportunity to arm and train the jihadists inside Afghanistan, who later became ISIS and Al-Qaeda. This is not the only time the U.S. Uh, intervened on the side of jihadists. Then again, March 2003, the U.S. invaded Iraq. The pretext used was an MI6 prepared dossier delivered by Tony Blair, which said Iraq was continuing to develop weapons of mass destruction. March 2011, the effort to overthrow the Syrian government of Assad. This was driven by the U.S., but also by the British, for whom Assad was a, a uh, targeted enemy. And who did the United States side with in this so-called civil war? The jihadists, the ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Al-Nusra terrorists who were butchering fellow Muslims as well as Christians in their march across Syria. Uh, at the same time, March 2011, the U.S., the French, and the United Kingdom bombed Libya, overthrew the government there, and turned the country into a hellhole of competing mil militias, uh, in, in which some of them were directly allied with ISIS and provided weapons from the United States into the Syrian civil war. Then February 2014, the U.S. orchestrated the regime change coup in Ukraine. 
So how could the Russians trust the United States when there was one betrayal after another? In Libya, the U.S. told the Russians this is not about a regime change coup, but it turned out to be a regime change coup. Also in 2001, the U.S. withdrew from the ABM Treaty, the Arms Treaty. In 2019, the U.S. withdrew from the INF Treaty. Again, where's the trust? Who's breaking the promises? And we've seen recently the role of the U.S. and the British in particular in promoting the potential color revolutions in Belarus and Kazakhstan. Now, it's happening again with the report coming out from the UK Foreign and Commonwealth Office that says that the Russians are intervening to try to change the presidency of Ukraine to bring in a pro-Russian figure to be the president. This was all over the media. The Ukrainians are somewhat laughing at this, but the problem is that this is being used to stir up the tensions and could serve to trigger the hotheads in Kiev to think that now is their opportunity to attack the Donbass and provoke a Russian response. It would force NATO to come in and intervene, and then we're in World War III. Now, if all of this is, is ringing a bell, there's one other point to make. Remember in 2017, when President Trump first came in, what did he say he intended to do, as he had all during his campaign in 2016? Be friends with Russia, have a cooperative agreement with Russia, as opposed to Hillary Clinton, who was prepared to challenge Russia for its role in Syria. And what did Russia do in Syria? They defended the government, the elected government, against the jihadists who the U.S. called moderate rebels and the U.S. was training and arming, according to Michael Flynn from the Defense Intelligence Agency. Well, what did the British do to try and stop that? The Christopher Steele dossier. The argument that the Russians were blackmailing Trump, the Russians put Trump in office, and they were blackmailing him to prevent a U.S.-Russian collaboration. So we see again, Blinken with his, his press conference yesterday, once again it's clear, U.S. policy when it comes to war is made in London. And this has never been good. Our founding fathers understood the need to break free of that. We, knew, we need to have that same kind of wisdom today to break free from the controlling interests of London, which do no good for the United States and the American people. Thanks for joining me. Tomorrow I'll take your questions. So if you have questions for me, send them to me at harleysch at gmail.com.